Hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the NFNL podcast. Thank you for joining us ahead of a massive weekend in the Northern Football Netball League. I'm Samuel Zito being joined by Jared Gardner. Jared, the weekend that just went by made for some telling results with the finals race wide open in all three of our senior men's football competitions. Of course, we had senior women's finals as well, which threw up a a few upset results as well. It was a, a stunning weekend and it leads to really some huge games coming up this coming weekend. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for having me once again on the NFNL podcast. It's it's a huge weekend in, in Northern Football Netball League and uh, especially in Division 1, you look at this finals race and there's just so many possibilities that can come out of the last couple of weeks of the season and obviously a very rain-affected uh, a few rain-affected results on the weekend. No team in Division 1 scoring higher than 61 points. So uh, scores were low, but the footy was still um, hot and, and it's still contested and, and some great results being thrown up and some interesting ones going into the last two weeks of the year. The the weather's been pretty, oh, I guess, we, 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 we'd say disappointing, but it's made it life pretty tough yeah. this year, hasn't it, in, in a way? I think I can't, I can't remember a year where we've had grounds that are so heavily affected because of the amount of rain that we've had. It, it just seems to have been every second weekend yeah. that we've had these, these real scraps, which in one way is disappointing because it makes it hard to get a real read on, on the games because they do become a bit of a, a slog fest, so to speak. But at the same time, it's really thrown up some amazing results and some upsets along the way, which may not have happened. So you can look at it on two fronts. I'm sure the players would prefer it dry. The yep. bodies probably take an absolute battering given how wet and heavy the grounds have been. But it has probably led to our most even campaign across all three of the senior men's competitions. And um, I guess for the, the women's competition, fortunately for them, they played at Epping Rec Reserve over the weekend. Certainly wet footy, but the ground's barely been used this year. Yep. Epping's senior men's sides used the, the, the top oval at the ground throughout the year while some resurfacing was done. So at least it's nice to see a ground with plenty of grass coverage and it led to an exciting weekend in the, the opening weekend of the NFNL finals, which we'll touch on also later in the program. But uh, throughout the, the course of this week's podcast, you'll hear from the captain of North Heidelberg, Daniel Bramich, the co-captain, in fact, this year with Kyle McDonald. Uh, of course, North Heidelberg at the weekend became the only side from last year who finished top three to cement a top three spot this year. There's still two rounds to go, but they can't drop out of the top three. In fact, they can't change from third spot given their 10 points behind second, but also 10 points clear of fourth. We'll also hear from one of the new playing coaches of Altham, being Brent McCaffrey. He took the reins as playing coach with Michael still late last week, following, I guess, the, the shock news that the club had parted ways with Paul King on the eve of the final series. And we'll also talk to Gary Moran, the coach of the South Morang senior women's football team who at the weekend won their qualifying final in MC Security Division 2 Downing Heidelberg to advance to this week's second semi. Jared, is there any particular results from the weekend or any particular outcomes from results as to what they might lead to that really drew uh, drew your eye over the course of the weekend? Um, yeah, there's a fair few. It, like in Division 1, you, you look at that uh, North Heidelberg Montmorency result. Montmorency were ahead for a lot of that game. North Heidelberg had to come from behind to win that one. Um, it kind of hurts Montmorency's chances a little bit. They could have jumped into the top five if they had won that match. Um, and same, you look at um, the Northcote Park result. We probably thought they were dead and buried, and they probably are still not going to make the finals. But they're only two points out, and nothing can happen. Um, anything can happen. Sorry. So it's it's still going to um, there's there's still that fight and they they've got some stars back on the weekend so it's one that you kind of look at. 
going into the last two weeks of the year, and it just throws another possibility up into the air. Yeah, well, they they looked dead and buried going into last weekend. They needed to win their last three. They'd been on a, a long losing streak, but you look at the players they got back into the side, and it really is, I mean, it's a new side, basically, isn't it? Yep. They're playing against, so for McLeod, it, it probably couldn't have come at a worse time for them, but you look at the, the, the list of players that they got in, that Jackson Stasevich came back into the lineup. Paul Durago returned, albeit he'd only missed the one game going in. Charles Lafanu as well, so you look at those players, and then you still have to, to add to the mix that they, they also got back Kyle Galloway, who was dominant in the ruck on the course of the day as well, so for them, and we'll discuss it later when we have a more in-depth look at Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, they'll need still everything to, to absolutely go their way to play finals, but all of a sudden they could potentially you know, spring a, a few results in, in the last couple of rounds, which could also affect the, the shape of the five, as as the win at the win- weekend over McLeod has already done. My intrigue, I mean, we know that in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, it's going to come down to this last weekend. It probably was going to, regardless of, of the results that occurred in round 17, but we know Mernda and South Morang are entrenched in that fight for, for fourth spot on the ladder. My intrigue comes in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, where... You look at, I guess, what could potentially happen in the finals race. Obviously, we're still looking at Thomastown and Diamond Creek who are fighting it out for, for fourth spot, which is going to come down to the very last weekend of the season, it looks. But also what's happening in the top two as well. Now, Whittlesey's on a, a great winning run. They've beaten each of the top four in that run and at the weekend beat Banyul. It's, it's kind of hard to know what to take away from that game because there was barely a blade of grass on, on Beverly Road Oval by the time that the sides got out there in the twilight game, very heavy underfoot. Whittlesey wins by a goal, but all of a sudden it seems that they are the form side in second division. I know a lot of talk's been about Banyul throughout the entire course of the year, but all of a sudden, on the eve of the finals, you almost feel like the side that's currently in second spot, albeit only on percentage, is looking like the side to beat at this stage. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, we, we almost saw the same situation last year. Eltham were the dominant side throughout the entire season in Division 2, and they probably weren't challenged as heavily by the lower plenies and, and some of those other sides in Division 2 going into finals. But Banyul now seriously getting challenged by second-place Whittlesey, and, and Whittlesey, you'd have to say, are in the box seat to kind of take over, and, and I think it, going into finals, they're going with a lot of confidence, obviously getting that win over Banyul. I think they can do anything from now on, and, and it's going to be hard to, to see anyone stopping them. Yeah, so it's it's really looking like it's it's become a, a wide-open race there. With We know Eltham, when they get their best side in the park as well, can really contend. And Thomastown and Diamond Creek know that if they can sneak in, they've, they've proven throughout the year they're capable of, of causing a result there. So we'll look at all those three senior men's competitions in more depth as we go through the program. Uh, as we said, we also had the start of finals across the, the junior competition, which was great. Hopefully some better weather this weekend. It was a cold Sunday that they uh, contested the semi-finals at the weekend. Um, this weekend heading to prelims. We also had the start of the netball finals as well. Sections 9 to 12 commenced their finals campaign last weekend. They were going to prelims this week while sections 5 to 8 start their semis. And then, of course, in the women's, the senior women's football competitions, we had the finals Saturday and Sunday, which took place at an Epping Recreation Reserve. Um, that'll continue this weekend on Saturday and Sunday as well with the uh, the semi-finals that uh, will be played. So we'll look at those competitions in a bit more depth as we go through the program. So we'll take a very short break. On the other side of this, we'll have a look at Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. You are listening to the NFNL Podcast.
The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, The Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Thanks for sticking with us on the NFNL podcast. We now move our attention to Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, where we move now into round 17. There's still seven sides who mathematically can play finals heading into the final fortnight of the season. At the weekend, round 16 saw a record broken where Daniel Keenan played his 400th senior game, the only player in the league's history to, to reach that feat. Unfortunately for his side, though, Hurstbridge went down in a close one to West Preston Lakeside by 15 points. Elsewhere, Northcote Park bounced back to form. 16-point winners over McLeod. Greensboro was too good for lower plenty. Heidelberg just held out a fast-finishing Bundura by two points, and North Heidelberg had to come from behind, kicked five goals to one after half-time to down Montmorency by 18 points. Jared, now as it stands, the top three, well, it doesn't look like it's going to change from here, albeit we have a, a very enticing game coming up this weekend where first meets second, Greensboro hosts Heidelberg at Greensboro War Memorial Park, but given the Burroughs... Uh, outstanding percentage. They're two games and 50% clear of Heidelberg. You wouldn't think that they could possibly lose hold of first spot with two rounds to go. So Borough top, Heidelberg second, and North Heidelberg third. That looks like it's going to be set in stone uh, by the time we get to the end of round 18. Then we've got, I guess, the the real nitty-gritty stuff where West Preston did its I guess uh, hopes of finals are a real, uh, real boost at the weekend. Got that that win over Hurst Bridge, so they're on 32 points with a percentage of 101. McLeod is on 30 points with a percentage of 94 in fifth, and then we've got sixth and seventh Montmorency and Northcote Park, both on 28 points. Montmorency percentage of 89, Northcote Park percentage of 76. It's going to be an almighty finish, as we said in the intro. Northcote Park's going to need absolutely everything to go its way, but the win at the weekend keeps them alive. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be some, some great matches uh, coming up in, in round 17 of, of Division 1. You look at kind of this fixture and you say there's a lot of these matches that are going to affect final spots or, or where teams do finish on the ladder. Um, and you just kind of look at teams like West Preston and teams like Northcote Park who are still very much in that finals race and West Preston can still drop out. It's looking unlikely, but they can still drop out. Northcote Park still a chance to jump into the five. They play against... Bundura and Hurstbridge, Bundura against West Preston and Hurstbridge against Northcote Park. Those two sides, while they can't make finals at this point, they'll be saying internally, they'll say, well, why can't we ruin another another team's season and why can't we ruin their chances of making finals and just go in and um, and still got a lot to play for. Absolutely, and, and the weekend showed that when, when you look at the way that, that Hurstbridge competed against West Preston, lost by 15 points, hurt by a slow first quarter, but had they taken a few chances going forward, uh, there's a few times, you know, a few short shots missed running into the open goal, having said that, do know that West Preston yeah. probably had had more missed chances on the day, but Hurstbridge showed that they're capable once again, and Bandura running Heidelberg within two points. So if we look at the games for this weekend, we'll also have a look at what's to come the following week. So this weekend, Hurstbridge hosts Northcote Park. McLeod hosts Montmorency. That's a massive game, which we'll look at in a few moments' time. We've talked about Greensboro at home to Heidelberg. And then we've got Lower Plenty up against North Heidelberg and Bandura hosting West Preston Lakeside. So that's this week. The week after, in round 18, the games are just as appetising, aren't they, as well? McLeod hosting West Preston Lakeside. Greensboro finishes at home against Hurstbridge. 
Montmorency and Lowell Plenty in the local derby. North Heidelberg up against Bandura and then Heidelberg versus Northcote Park. So looking at it from mine, in terms of Northcote Park, if their chances of playing finals, they're currently two points behind McLeod and plenty of percentage. Obviously the two points probably won't come into the mix with McLeod, but they're 25% behind West Preston Lakeside and a game. So for mine, I don't really think they can surpass West Preston unless they win both games and West Preston drops yep. both. So I think realistically more in their, their frame or, or, or eyesight will be McLeod and Mont. I think for Northcote to play finals, I think you need to have nine wins yep. or at absolute least eight and a half. So I think nine wins will get you there. So for Northcote Park, I think they have to, to win both because of their percentage. It probably means this weekend for mine, they're probably barracking for McLeod to beat Montmorency yep. because McLeod's two points ahead of them but Mont finishes with Lowell Plenty next week. There's no givens but you'd imagine that Mont wins that. Yep. So if Mont was to beat McLeod this week and then host Lower next week, they're really in the box seat to play finals. Yep. So I think if you're a Northcote Park supporter, you're hoping it McLeod wins this week, then you're hoping next weekend they lose to West Preston Lakeside or while the Cougars have to win their last two games, which, as we say, includes a trip to, to Hurstbridge this week and then uh, taking on Heidelberg next. So it's not going to be easy, but they're still alive in the mix. Yeah. Would, would you think it'd be the same in, in that situation? Yeah, 100%. I think it's going to be very tough for them because I, I can't see West Preston dropping both of these games. Well, they are both against tough opposition. I think West Preston are just... They're going to win at least one, so I, I can't see them at Northcote Park junk, jumping them. Yeah, so that means that it makes an interesting scenario for them. But if you look at, at, at this week's games, and, and we'll look at them, um, I mean, we, we're looking two weeks ahead in one way. It's hard enough to, to try and pick a, a winner this weekend. I think the, the, the two games, which I guess really take centre stage, and they're probably on par now, and deserves to be the, the game we, we talk about probably first, is, is first versus second. Greensboro up against Heidelberg. It's a game where it'll be interesting because they play on the eve of the finals and we had a similar discussion last, uh, two weeks ago when we talked about Lorimer versus Panton Hill because for much of the year in, in third division, they were the top two sides and looked like finishing that way. And They meet late in the year, which can be a blessing and a curse because you kind of wonder now with their spots on the ladder looking set in stone, whether they you know, throw up a, a different mix this weekend, whether they're not going to give, give away too many secrets, or do they take it as a genuine practice run for finals and throw out their best side, play the players in their normal positions and, and really go gung-ho as, as they chase the four points? It, it's, a, it's a difficult one to, to try and decipher, and I think we're not going to know until we actually get there and watch the game at, at 2pm Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one because obviously Greensboro will go into this match knowing that they don't want to lose twice to Heidelberg this season. And, and Heidelberg's the only team that has beaten them, so they will want to kind of get the win. But at the same time, you have to look a few weeks into the future and say, well, this is a side we're very likely to see uh, come finals time. So we, sh- we should kind of keep a few secrets and just like not let them know what we're doing straight away. Um, I think it's going to be real tough. And as you said, we won't know until we get there and watch it. Hopefully conditions are okay at Greensboro with Memorial Park. It was pretty heavy at the weekend. But yeah, it's, I think that what you mentioned there, but the fact that they haven't beaten Heidelberg this year, I think that does play a factor. But I think yeah. they would, would hate to go into the finals having dropped both games to them this year. There's certainly a lot of pride at stake, I think, going in. So I think you want to take at least one win over the course of the home and away season into that game there. For Heidelberg, they had a, a really tough slog at the weekend. Warringal Park, very heavy. Looked like they were coasting against Bandura. Kicked five goals to one in the first quarter. 
um, Sam Grimley uh, had kicked a couple, um, Chaz Sargent as well, and, and they looked like they were on you know, on track for yeah, an easy win in, in what was going to be a, a tough day weather-wise. But it got close late, and Bandura closed within uh, four points at about the 15-16 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Had a couple of late chances as well, only kicked uh, two behinds, and Heidelberg holds on by two points. But they had to really slog it out, so it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back on that because it'd be it was a pretty heavy date. They got a few of their, their key players back into the lineup as well, which was important. Gives them a three-week block before finals. So we saw Tom Sullivan come back. Will Knight played his first game since about round three or four. So it's a long time between drinks. But for him, it's a great opportunity now to, to get match fitness back before finals. He could be a real key player. But I think for, for Heidelberg as well, we talked about Greensborough wanting to, to not lose twice uh, to the same opposition going to finals. I think Heidelberg maybe has a point to prove there as well. Where they think if they can get a win this week, it maybe just gives them a mental edge if the sides meet somewhere along the track at Preston, which we'd anticipate they, they probably will. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they, they'll go into this one and, and say, well, if we can beat Greensboro, the top, the top team in the ladder twice, and we're the only team to beat them this season, then there's no reason they can't do it at Preston. So it's going to be an interesting one. As you said, they get some, some good players back. Will Knight's a good one for them to get back and get a couple of weeks in before finals. So they're, they're looking good and they're just coasting along now. And I think even if they do lose on the weekend, there's still some great signs going into finals for them. Yeah, I think you'll probably talk to the loser of that game afterwards and they won't be too concerned yeah. in one way because they've they've already done the hard yards now, but they might say that externally. But internally, I think there's a real there's pride on the stake. We know it's an old rivalry and I think once the ball's bounced, there's yeah. the competitive juices are flying that, that both sides will be going hammer and tong. The inside 50 battle in Heidelberg's attacking half looks really interesting for me because their, their forward line, when it's got everyone in, is it's a got commanding presence there, and we talked about Grimley, Sergeant. We know that they've got the ability to play players through there like Minogue and and Bikes, Smith as, as well. Um, they can really do some some damage in the air if it's a drier day. But then you come up against the, a Greensboro backline, which for mine's the best in the competition. They got Nick Riddle back at the weekend. Um, we know that Dan McClendon's been able to string now games together for for a consecutive period of time. Billy Bedford, Michael Croxford. So some of those matchups inside fifty are going to be enthralling on the day and, and it could really be that, that battle that, that wins the game albeit we know that last time the sides met Sam Gilmore was dominant Ex- expecting this time if, if Liam Reid plays that could balance out a little bit more but uh, he was dominant last time but looking forward to seeing how how those matchups lie when, when we get inside Heidelberg's attacking 50. Yeah this is, is probably the most potent forward line in the competition up against the the, the best defence in the competition so it's um, Clash of the Titans in this one and uh, yeah, I think um, they would, Greensboro wouldn't have had Dan McClendon last time the sides played. I, I wouldn't think so. But I think McClendon played, but Riddle got injured during okay. the game. Yeah. So. yeah, so if they can have like all of them back, and as you say, Bedford, Croxford, even a Jack Johnston flying across half-back and taking those intercept marks, it's a scary prospect for any side. But if there's any side that probably looks at it and says, well, our forward line can match it, it's, it's Heidelberg. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, so looking forward to that. It's going to be a great game. Do you lean either way as to a tip in that one? I, I think at Greensboro, I think the Borough will win it. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly leaning towards them as well, but uh, I guess um, time will tell. We know Heidelberg got them last time. If they do, well, gee, doesn't that set up something yeah. huge going to finals where the side that finishes first hasn't beaten the side directly below them. So some, some real questions potentially coming out of that game. Real Collingwood in 2011 areas. A bit, uh, a bit unfortunately, with that. That still brings a bit of pain to, uh, <laughs> to probably for, for both of us as well. Um, 
so that's a massive one. And then the other game at the Winton Park, McLeod up against Montmorency, fifth versus sixth for mine. I mean, we talk about Northcote Park being in the mix, but I feel like the last spot in the finals probably comes down to these two. We know that West Preston still hasn't quite clinched a spot, but these two here, I feel for the like the loser is, I mean, in Montmorency's case, they know if they, if they lose this one, they can't jump McLeod on the ladder. So it means yeah. that they're relying on them West Preston dropping games. And then for Mont, if they win the last round, they take on lower plenty. McLeod hosts West Preston. Mont knows that their own their fate's in their own hands. Yeah. So for me, this is a final in round 17 at the Winton Park. Throw in the, the added factor of Gary Ramsey up against his old side and... You couldn't script this one any better if you tried, I wouldn't have thought. Exactly. And, and as you said, this is probably a final because if Montmorency win this, you almost lock them in for, for a final spot because Lower Plenty are a tough side. Well, they beat them in round one. Yeah, exactly. Back. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one. But Lower Plenty, they're, they're, they've only won two games of the season. Um, it, it, it is going to be a tough one, but I think Montmorency will beat I, them in round 18. I think you're spot on. I think if Mont wins this one, they play finals yeah. for the first time since 2014. And if they were to win this week and drop it next week, they'd be so disappointed. Yeah. So I think a lot comes down to this weekend. It's it's a tough one to get a read on going in because McLeod's form at home of late's been really good, but they've had the, the knack of, of in recent times, just dropping games we, we probably didn't think they would lose. Um, Northcote Park last week being one. There was a game earlier in the year against Hurst Bridge. Even the loss at West Preston Lakeside where they were in good form going in and then got, got a hiding. And then their last two home games, yes, they've won, but haven't been overly convincing. But the record still shows that in their last games at Dewitton Park, they've beaten Hurst Bridge. Sorry, they, they beat Lowell plenty away, but their last couple of home games was Hurst Bridge they've beaten beaten Bandura, beaten Heidelberg, smashed Northcote Park, and beat Lower Plenty. So haven't lost a home game since round four against Greensboro. And on that day there, they, they lost to the Borough by 15 points. Yeah. So their home form's been much better this year, albeit Montmorency didn't get the points last weekend. Mud-affected game. Got the, the big jump on on, Montmorin- on North, uh, sorry, North Heidelberg, rather, I'll get it right, third time around, kicked the first three goals and were looking the goods, but then probably just outbodied a bit uh, through through heavy conditions, and North just probably adapted better, got the ball in long and strong and, and kicked the goals when opportunities presented. But Montmorency's more recent form stacks up pretty well, it has to be said. They've won three of their past five, beat McLeod last time around, absolutely massive stakes in this one here, and... As I said, you're throwing the fact that it's Gary Ramsey up against his old side as well. Um, yeah, plenty to, to like about this game here. Yeah, exactly. And if there's anyone that knows the McLeod and McLeod stars better than anyone, it's Gary Ramsey, having coached them for so long and gone to, to four consecutive grand finals with that group. So I think for me, as, as, as good as McLeod have been at home, I'm leaning towards Montmorency. Um, but... Yeah, anything can happen. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's just going to be a great matchup. Absolutely. So that game to take place at the Winton Park. We know that also VFL commitments become a big thing yeah. for for McLeod this year. Um, one of their stars, Mohamed Saad, has kicked some some bags in in recent times with the club. He kicked five in the win against Bandura 
a few weeks back in a in a day where they had to well they got the, the fast start and then had to clinch it late and, and he was the player to, to be able to do that kick three goals at the the weekend as well he's been a real asset for them so Coburg listed they'll be hoping to get access got, to him got but this they've got the fire this weekend yeah. so we think that they, there's no reason why he he shouldn't be out there which yeah. could be telling and, and could be the a point of difference in the game as well so both sides have key players in ripping form. Justin White's having an outstanding season for McLeod. Uh, for Montmorency, well, Jesse Donaldson probably has their, their club best and fairest absolutely wrapped up uh, at this stage of the year already. So I think if you if you look at the, the stars, they're all in good form. Both sides have potent forward lines. It, it, it really, really shapes up as, as being well a defining game in the season and we know what what's at stake so you, you can't build it up any more than, than both sides already knowing what uh, what yeah. needs to, to take place there the final three games of the round Bandura at home to West Preston Lake so for the Bulls well pride is, is the one thing that they're yeah. playing for a long run of outs they showed at the weekend that they can match it with the better sides four back gamely against Heidelberg to to nearly pinch that one there they'd love one more win at least to, to round the season out we saw West Preston Lakeside live ourselves. Did what they had to at the weekend. Uh, I think another good thing for them is that Saad was contained. They still found avenues to goals. Yeah. Osgar Usel is putting together a great year. Yeah. Uh, Alex Federico on the ball has been outstanding. And, and they have a defensive unit which is, is holding up pretty well at the moment with um, you know Valadares and, and Jackson Clark, Joel McDonald leading the way. But there's there's two others in that, that lineup who... I think you're going to have a big say if they can get the finals because Preston will really suit them. That's Garrett McDonough and uh, young Max Trier off half-back as well. Ball use is outstanding. Give them plenty of drive. I think the Roosters, if they win this one, they can probably start planning for, for finals. Yeah. And um, We know they had that, that aberration against Mont a week ago, but there's no reason why they, they couldn't do any damage. I'm, I'm back on... I'm really thinking that if they finish fourth, they're, they're a real threat in that, in that finals race. Yeah, definitely. And we saw them do it last year. They they won four straight games to, to win the Premiership um, in Division 1 last year, and there's no reason why they can't do that again. I think they're, they're, they're such a well-drilled side, and Rob Mayoran has done it, such a great job with that team. And as you said, Preston will suit Gary McDonough and suit Max Dreyer, and, and it's just going to be... Um, an interesting one. I, I, they should get there. I, I think they should beat Bundura on the weekend. You, you never know what's going to happen. They don't, but... they don't want it to get down yeah. to the last game at McLeod, yeah. do they? They, they want to get it so, um, you know, sewn up this weekend against a side that, that's been out of form and really struggled at yeah. home. Yeah, exactly. They, they they want to get it done this weekend, and I think Bundura is a good opportunity for them. As I said, Bundura will be playing, playing for pride, and they're still such a talented side. They just unfortunately are caught up in a great NFNL Division 1 competition. So they're a side that in any other year is probably finals calibre, but um, just unfortunate to miss out this year. And I think they, they, they will take it up to West Preston this week. So that's a massive game. The other two games, as we said, Northcote Park travels to Hurstbridge. Hurstbridge has pride only to play for, but uh, has, has proven themselves very a great challenger. And Northcote Park, if they hadn't have won at the weekend, you would have locked in Hurstbridge yeah. as the hot favourite for this one here. That that result at the weekend for the Cougars changes everything, but they have to prove they can do it consistent, consistently now. A win keeps them right in the mix, and then Lowell Plenty up against North Heidelberg. That game at Montmorency Park South Oval will be Lowell Plenty's last home game for the season, ahead of a short trip to Mott next week. But North Heidelberg has now wrapped up third spot on the ladder. Can't shift from that position. A great effort for a side that's come up from second division consecutive seasons they've locked in a top three spot and we caught up with their co-captain Daniel Bramage. 
Daniel, obviously, it was a tough slog against Montmorency. Been one of those years where we've had plenty of, of heavy weather. What did you make of, of the win over the Magpies? Uh, yeah, well, you've just hit the nail on the head. It's one of those tough years with uh, weather-wise. So there's a lot of tough games. You know, there's no real easy outside football. It's just tough in and under surge mentality type football. So. For the first half, you know, it was a very close contest. Um, and I think in the second half, we sort of just were able to play our game a little bit more on our terms. Um, got the ball played in our forward half, which makes it a lot easier to defend, especially on days like that where you haven't got free-flowing footy. Um, our, you know, the game in that second half, or second half on the weekend anyway, was on our terms and we sort of just got away with it then. How hard is it? I mean, you're obviously coming up against an opposition who was playing for a spot inside the top five. You had plenty to play for as well, knowing you needed a win to, to shore up top three, but the conditions don't make it easy for footy and, and the opposition's probably uh, really desperate for a win as well. How hard is it to overcome both the opposition and the elements? Yeah, well... We- we had, you know, we had it last week with Northcote Park and, you know, obviously Monty this week, uh, you know, sides playing for their spot in finals. We're, you know, we're sort of playing to secure a spot in the finals. But once you, you know, once the season's on the line, you've sort of got nothing to lose. So playing against a side who comes up like that, um, you know, they're gonna, it's going to be hot early. You know, you sort of got to weather the storm and hopefully you get the game on your terms. Like it could have been an easily different story if both sides kick straight early. Um, you know, they could have put the game out of reach before the rain got there Saturday, uh, and we could have done that. You know, we we're lucky to do that in the end there. But it, it's and like you said, the conditions don't help. You know, you can't have any free flowing footy uh, sides. You know, if they just want a more on the day, they can. You know, they can cause upsets, and it's it's a real tough one. But you just have to really embrace the conditions. You look at Hawthorne Friday night; they embrace the snow on Friday. You know, you could guarantee every local footy club on the Saturday we're going, let's everyone get out there and sit in the rain before the warm-up. It's not cold <laughs> and that. Um, it's just a mentality thing. But, you know, it's all well and good doing that. It's getting there in the right mindset. and Just, you know, you have to play your, your role in your team to get you over the line. What have you made of the season thus far? You're the only side that finished top three last year that will do the same this year, which is a great effort given the fact that um, last year you made history by being the first Division Two reigning Premier to play finals. But then to back it up the, the following year, how have you, you found this year's campaign? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, last year, you know, we, well, we were one and four, I think, and then won the next 10 straight or 11 straight going into finals or something like that. Um, and it was just a real upbeat vibe because, you know, like you said, it's not, nothing like another was done before like that. So we made finals, you know, a bit of hope there. This year it comes with expectation that, you know, after last year we, you know, realistically after the McLeod game, we're two kicks away from playing off in a grand final. The West Preston prelim, just one of those days that, you know, you try to forget uh, pretty quickly because, you know, we just didn't play our best footy and West Preston ran all over us. Uh, so this year you come with expectations. You want to do well. I think our season's been a bit patchy. Uh, we've had some real good games early on. We're playing some real good footy, uh, and then we had oh, I think even though, I think in the last six weeks or something we've had three and three or three three and a draw. So our our form line's been a little bit patchy, um, but the season on the whole you got to take it. You know what it is. You know finishing third uh, and having a double chance. It gives us a real look into you know going deep into finals, so you have to be uh, you know, extremely happy with that 
aspect of it. Um, obviously, throughout the course of the year, you've had to deal with you know a few injuries, obviously VFL commitments with players like a, a Jesse Tardio as well. How confident are you that if you get your best side on the park, that you can you know go all the way and, and hold up that uh, that premiership at, at the end of the season? Yeah, well, I think we had a very good run for about 18 months there. We didn't have an injury on the list, and then all of a sudden we've had, you know, six to ten players out in the last, you know, six to eight weeks, and, you know, some of them having long-term injuries. Uh, Kyle Green, you know, real important player for us, was out for ten weeks. Kyle McDonald's out for six with a broken foot. Uh, and then you got VFL commitments on top. Um, you know, Jesse Tardio, you, you know, you wish him all the best at the top, higher level. You know, he's playing good footy for him at the moment, so, yeah. We'd love him back because he's an important cog for us. Um, getting our best side on the park for finals, I think we'd go pretty deep into you know finals and potentially lifting that cup up. You know, it's a, a lot of things go into it, but our best twenty-two, or even our best twenty-six, our squads right up there with the best in the comp. I would imagine. You know, you're looking at finishing third. You you got to have some good players in there, some good depth to to win you know, the games we do. So if we, it's it's not the be all and end all. I, I got uh you know, real good, you know, trust in the squad who, you know, get picked to play if we're, you know, missing a Jesse for VFL commitments or there's injuries. Um, you know, we're, we're good enough to win it. Um, best side there, you know, I, you know, you go extremely confident, you know, like I said, you get a Jesse Tardio back, you know, one of the premier midfielders in the comp, um, get, you know, Kyle Green's back playing some good footy and, you know, a couple other boys from injury, who've missed the last couple of weeks, you know, be ready to go come finals time. I've read, And, you know, hopefully there's some good weather. Uh, we have a red-hot crack again. What's it like? I mean, it, there wouldn't be many local footballers or local clubs who could say that they play alongside four former AFL players. You've coached, obviously, by you know the AFL Games record holder in, in Brent Harvey. But to play with him, you know, his brother Shane, and, and then you throw in Shane Biggs and, and Daniel Harris as well. What's it like playing with four players who have all played at the, the highest level? Oh, it's... It, it was when, like, for example, when Boomer first come down, like it, for us, he's just another one of the boys. You know, he's, you just, he's just one of the players. He's one around and obviously coaching now. But you, when you take a step back and you go, look, this guy's played the most AFL games in history. Like, there's no one else in AFL has played more games than him. So like, it's a great benefit for the club, uh, having someone like a boomer around. Um, Daniel Harris this year, just ultimate professional. You know you know what you're going to get from him. He knows his game in and out. and. Surprisingly, a very good teacher. Uh, he's he's the coach of the midfield group. Um, communicates really well uh, on and off the field. You know, there's criticism when needed, um, but he's the first one to pat you on the back if you're doing the right thing. Uh, you know, if you're doing the team thing, you might just be on a negating role and shutting someone down. He'll be the first one over there, um, patting you on the back. Then you have the two forwards like Shane, oh, Bigsy, and uh, Harves. We know what Harves has done in the competition. For I've played with him my whole career at North, and you, you look at him and you're like, man, he could have made something of the higher level. But you know, grateful that he was back at our club early on, and you know, I'm not one of the defenders who have to try to defend him. <laughs> um, Big Z, I think, he started the season a bit slow, but he's just getting he's getting used to the tempo of the footy. Um, you know, once again, you're changing lifestyle from being a footy, being a full time. Uh, job and going to footy every day to you know you might have to be on the tools all day then training a couple nights a week and well he sort of had a joke the other day he's never played 
out in the weather before, so he has to get used <laughs> to that. He's used to, so, so you look at that, you play from like playing in Etihad and Marvel Stadium there under the cover to you know playing at North Otterberg's mud pit on the weekend. Um, but once again, just this football smarts, all, all four of them, you know, anyone who's played at the higher level obviously plays at a higher speed, so the game sort of slows down for them a little bit so they can see it a little bit more uh, what's happening ahead of the game. Um, but just the just the experience they bring around, Bigsy talking to the you know some of the younger forwards on leading patterns. Same same with Shane. Um, Brett is like I said, ultimate professional there. But yeah, it's it's very lucky to have four AFL players, and you know they actually buy into the club too. They're not these players, you know, I'm not saying anyone else, but you know, who might just be there for a token for the year. They, these guys actually brought into the club. They commit on and off the field. They're at functions. They're at off-field commitments if we're, you know, doing a sponsor's day or something, you know, they're, they're always there, so you can't fault them. And, and one last one now, mate, you, you've obviously got two games now before the finals, you, you finish the, the home and away season with a trip to Lower Plenty and then you host Bandura, how do you, I guess, prepare for those two games and then leading into finals, what, what do you make of, of all of that? Uh, yeah, well, well, we had uh, Lower, they sort of pushed us for a while when we played them. Still a good side on their ground. Uh, it's a little, you know, one, one of these grounds which are a little bit smaller than uh, most of the other grounds. So it's playing their ground is a, a tough day also. Uh, and Bundura bet us early on in the year. Um, you know, in the end, it, the scoreboard was flattening, but I'm pretty sure they were up by about 45 points at one time. So um, still two ga- important games to us. We, you know, want to get in there and get wins. You don't want to, you know, no one ever plays to lose. Um, but it's all about hitting our best formula. We've got to try playing both games on our terms. There might be different stages of the game where, you know, someone might be tried in a position, you know, you might have someone play down back, who, you know, just to add a string to the bow, just in case something pops up in finals or a matchup or, you know, go forward to if we need to run at all costs, if we're down by a couple of goals and we just got to kick goals, how are we going to approach those? But, um Still got to win both games, I feel. You don't want to have any losing momentum going into finals. But it's a it's a tough one. You know, you've got to get the right mindset. You know, you could see complacency kick in. That's probably where it's probably my job and Boomer's job and uh, the rest of the leadership group to make sure that the boys aren't just thinking that the job's done yet. It's, uh, you know, got an important six weeks of footy to go still. Well, Daniel, we really appreciate you having a chat to us on the NFNL podcast. All the best for the remaining two games of the home and away season, then obviously leading into the, the really exciting stuff at, at Preston as well. So well done on, on confirming that top three finish and, and all the best for, for the remainder of the season ahead. Cheers, mate. Now jumping into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, where we get to the penultimate round of the season. We have two sides on equal points at the top of the ladder. Whittlesey's win in round 16 over Banuel by six points means the Eagles are still a chance to finish the season on top of the ladder. They know that they still have to win one more game to clinch. Uh, at least the, the double chance and, and finish at second. Uh, at the very least, Banyul has that exact same equation as well. So those two sides, Banyul first, Whittlesey second on 44 points. Eltham, well, they had a change of coach in the middle of last weekend, probably produced their best result of the season uh, following that and uh, had a, a big win over St. Mary. So they've now clinched the final spot, sitting third can still jump in the top two, have a buy this weekend, but that would rely on them winning the last yeah. game against Epping and having one of 
Banyul or Whittlesey drop both of their last two games. So unlikely, but they'll at least still uh, still a mathematical chance there. Know that they have to play finals. And then it's down to Thomastown and Diamond Creek to fight it out for fourth spot. Thomastown on 36 points. Diamond Creek on 34. Thomastown with the upper hand in one way because they've got two games to play. Diamond Creek just one, but... You'd argue that Diamond Creek's one is the more winnable one as opposed to Thomastown taking on the top two suddenly um, with Banyol dropping a few have to now win to, to ensure they finish with a double chance. So it's a, an exciting couple of rounds coming up. Jared, what do we make of the weekend where we saw Diamond Creek record a comfortable win over Watsonia, Fitzroy Stars back on the winners list over Epping and then as we mentioned, Eltham too good for St Mary's, Whittlesey getting the one-goal win on the road at Banyul. Yeah, it's an interesting one because these results, other than the banyul Whittlesey game, probably went as you expected. Diamond Creek comfortable over Watsonia, Altham pretty comfortable over St Mary's. It was a little bit of a danger game, but I always expected Altham to win that match. Um, Whittlesey beating Banyul at Beverly Road is is an in, is an interesting one and a very good win for Whittlesey. Um, but I, I think it, it's just kind of shaping... I think Diamond Creek are kind of sitting in the box seat because I can't see Thomastown beating either Banyul or Whittlesey. I think they've both got the minor premiership to play for, so they're both going to be red hot going into the matches and Thomastown just unfortunate to be at the end of both of those. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because when they, they beat Diamond Creek last week, we, we knew that what was at stake. We, we basically knew for Thomastown they had to win because had they lost, it was going to be pretty tough for them to, yeah. to jump back over Diamond Creek, barring the Creekers losing in a big upset in one of their last two. But now I, I look at it and I'm I'm almost of the same opinion. I think Thomastown, it's going to be tough because now the, the fact that there's no dead rubber for, for Whittlesey and Banyol, they both have to win at least one of their, their last two games to, to clinch top two yeah. spot. But then I, I also look at things and think as well, with Diamond Creek travel to Watmore Park this week, St Mary's has a point to prove because they put in... I think they'd be bitterly disappointed with the performance they put in against Altham at the weekend, albeit things seem to click for the Panthers. But St Mary's form form leading in had been really good and, and they were pretty humbled at the weekend. Only two behinds at three-quarter time managed to, to get a, a few late goals to put a, a bit of respectability on, on the scoreboard. But um, to lose by 80 points, I feel like they've got a real point to prove. So I don't think that... Diamond Creek now are absolute certainty to go there and win the game, albeit I, I do think the Creekers are the favourite. So it, it's a, a massive game. I'll have a, a close eye on that one there because I think St Mary's, we've talked about sides in, in Division 1 who can't play finals but would at least like to shape the top four and, and get some wins late in the year to build for 2020. I feel like St Mary's would be thinking the exact same this weekend and as any side does. You want to get as, as many wins as possible to, to finish off uh, a season. St Mary's this weekend, last home game against Diamond Creek, then travelled to the Fitzroy Stars. They'd be thinking they're yeah, a chance to, to win both of those games. If they could finish with seven wins in their first campaign, it's a great effort. But I think suddenly now for for Thomastown, it's, uh, it, it gets real, doesn't it? They had the week off last weekend to to you know, recuperate, recover, but now it's uh, it all comes down to this, doesn't it? It's a, a trip to, to Whittlesey this weekend, followed by a home game against Banyul. We know how close they ran the Bears last time around, so the first, I guess, focus game will be that one at, at Whittlesey Showgrounds, Whittlesey up against Thomastown. The Eagles, well, they've just about surged into the premiership favouritism the way they've been playing their footy. I know they probably would like to deflect and, yeah. and leave Banyul to be the favourite there, but you have to go all the way back to the middle of June to, to find their last loss, which was against the Bears. Since then, they've beaten Thomastown, 
beaten Eltham, one away to Diamond Creek, beaten St Mary's, who were on a, a good winning run when they travelled to Watmore Park, smashed the Stars, who have been, you know, taking it right to Banyul in recent weeks, and then at the weekend gone over to Banyul and uh, and recorded a win as well. So I think um, all of a sudden they are proving to be the side to beat. They've snuck under the guard there potentially going to get their, their skipper Riley Dyson back. He had a run in the reserves at the weekend, so good to see him back out there. And all of a sudden now, this is a, a huge game where Whittlesey knows that first spot is still up for grabs. Thomastown travels knowing they, they need to win just one. And similar to what we said about West Preston Lakeside in Division 1, they'd want to get it sewn up as soon as possible and not have it come to the last game. Yeah, exactly. Whittlesey is uh, such a talented side, and, and we saw that they were... Pretty unlucky to, to get relegated uh, from Division One, and and they've come back into Division Two football, and um, they, they've played really well. Obviously, just sneaking under the radar with Banyul playing so well in the early part of the season, and Banyul have kind of just taken all the shine for for much of the year. But now you'd say Whittlesey, for me, are, are probably the favourites to win it because I I just think they. Their just form going into finals is just that little bit better than what Banyuls is. It's, it's a funny one because you can look at, at different different form lines going in and, and last year, for example, Lowell Plenty had had some shaky yeah. form going into the finals but were able to, to make it click at the right time won, um, won those last two finals despite heading into a prelim on the back of a couple of losses in a row. But then you'd say that Altham wasn't at its absolute best hasn't yeah. hit the final series last year either. But uh, you want to take for mine, confidence and, and momentum into finals. And, and Whittlesey's the one that's doing that at the moment. Banyul's just had a, a couple of slip-ups. We know that they're themselves, Banyul, struggling to get their absolute best side on the park. At the weekend, yes, they got Mitch Lovell back in, but you lose you know, Brent Stanton and James Crusaratus as well. So they haven't had their you know, something near their best 22 on the park at the same time for, for quite a while, which works both you know, for them and against them, they haven't had that continuity. But when they get them, all of a sudden, they're a dangerous side, aren't they, to, to try and break down. So I think they've obviously done the hard work early in the year. They've put themselves in a position. But I just think it's, at the moment, a little bit worrying that they aren't playing their absolute best when we're getting right to the pointy end of the campaign. Albeit this weekend, they get a chance to to, I guess, refine things. They're going to be red-hot favourite against an Epping side, which is bottom of the ladder. You'd imagine they they get the win there and, and then they obviously finish the year off uh, travelling out to Thomastown. So just one win to soak up a, a top-two spot, which you'd imagine they get this weekend. So the, the games have got Watsonia at uh, home at AK Lions Reserve up against the Fitzroy Stars. Banyul is home to Epping. Diamond Creek travels to St Mary's. And then Willsey up against... Thomastown. Eltham has the bye. Looking at things now, we've talked about Whittlesey you know, probably moving into to premiership favouritism yep. given the way they played. The game at the weekend, really heavy. Hard to... It's, it's, I mean, you, you want to get the win, but it's hard to take too much intel away from the game. Yeah. But, uh, but based on that, we've got a, a situation now where Eltham's coming into form with a new coach. It's, again, not an ideal prep- preparation going in. We've seen Whittlesey and we've seen Banyul. Do you think that one of Thomastown or Diamond Creek, whichever makes the finals, do you think that they're capable of, one, winning the first week and, and progressing to a prelim, but then if they can do that, you know, potentially going all the way and, and causing a what would be a, a Cinderella story in some ways? Yeah, I, I think they almost can because this this Thomastown side especially, I think, are building really well going to finals. Diamond Creek as well are a really good side and both teams are talented enough to, to do it. Um, Diamond Creek, it's two years, two years since they've been to a, a Div 2 grand final, so we know they're, they're talented enough and they've still got 
core of that group that went to that grand final in the team. So I think either side can definitely beat Altham and then it's a matter of um, beating whichever Banyol or Whittlesey you'd say loses that first semi. So I think... If, if whichever one makes it, I think they can, they can cause that yeah, boil over. I'm the same. I don't think they're, they're making up numbers this year. Yeah. Whoever comes into fourth, and we talked about you know, the top three and, and wanting to, to be at the at your peak, you know, or building momentum going into the, the pointy end. But Whittlesey's definitely doing that. Altham, it's hard to get a read on. They've had some some great wins, but they've, they've, they haven't been able to string you know that four or five yeah. wins together at any point this year. Banyol did it earlier in the year, but has been a bit shaky of, of late. But you look at Thomastown since losing to St Mary's, they've convincingly beaten the Stars uh, same against Epping and Watsonia so three sides we'd probably expect them to beat but yeah. then obviously did it against Diamond Creek so they've won four in a row they'll hope that the, the bye this week doesn't break any momentum but I think it was a good opportunity to, to reset they would have surely gone out and had a look at, at Whittlesey at the weekend yeah. the Whittlesey-Banual game given they play them both in the last two weeks and then Diamond Creek, much the same. I mean, they've played their best footy of the season in the second half of the campaign, and they've only lost once um, you know, in, their, I think, their last six games, that being the, the game against Thomastown, which is most disappointing for them. But they've put a, a really good streak together, obviously beat Altham, beat Banyul, um, and to you know, obviously be able to beat those top sides as well, albeit the Thomastown loss could prove really costly. They're coming right at the, at the right time of the year as well. So I think, yeah, if you finish third this year, which it looks like it's going to be Altham, it's not a given as to whichever side finishes fourth that, that you're guaranteed again. So plenty to look forward to in the final two rounds. Obviously, much of the focus is going to come down to which side finishes fourth. There is a chance that the top two can change, but uh, that's all going to depend on whether those sides lose both of their last two games and Altham wins in round 18. So much of the focus on fourth spot. Ahead of this weekend, we actually have a chat to Brett McCaffrey. He sides not playing this weekend, but there's been obviously plenty of news surrounding Altham in, in the recent week, given the fact that both Brent and Michael still have taken on the playing coaching reins uh, following the departure of Paul King as coach. So here's Brent McCaffrey following his first game at the Helm, which saw Altham get a convincing win away to St Mary's. Brent, obviously uh, probably good to get back onto the field on Saturday, record a big win in what was probably a pretty tough week for the club. G'day, Sam. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Um, there was plenty happening throughout the week, um, as, as has been well documented. And um, I suppose the best part was just being able to get out on, on Saturday and um, you know, put the previous three or four days behind us and, and just play some football, which is what we're, um, we're all primarily down at the football club for. And, and as you said, to, to come away with a really good win um, was fantastic for the club just to move forward and just look forward to these next couple of weeks before hopefully some finals footy. Um, obviously, yourself and, and Michael still are now taking over as that, as that playing coach. How hard was it, I guess, in the, the couple of days leading up to the game just to, to get the players focused right? And in what was an important game, given the fact that you had to secure a win in either that one or, or your last game to ensure a finals place? Yeah, it was huge, mate. Obviously, finding out the news Tuesday um, with what took place and then... And then, like you said, having having a massive game against the quality team St Mary's to prepare for that, um, knowing that you know we, we had to win, you know one of our next two, as you said, to, to qualify for finals. So it was, it was so much went into it over those few days, and lucky enough that me and, and Michael, still as you said, were both sort of able to sort of take the reins there and, and try get things um, back on track to prepare for that Saturday. And you sort of, you don't realise um, how much work actually goes into. To being a coach and how much um, you know stuff you've got you got to put into it. So 
Um, we were, we were able to get to, to Saturday sort of somewhat prepared. Um, it wasn't an ideal scenario, but we got there and the support we had from, you know, the club and, and also the, the rest of the playing group um, was fantastic and enabled us to go out and, and get the job done. You've obviously been with the club now for just about the best part of two years. Had coaching ever been yeah. something you've, you'd um, you'd look to do? In, obviously, it's, it's been fast-tracked now given the fact that you've taken the reins on the short term, but had it ever been something you'd aspire to, to do? Uh, not really. At, at Altham, no, I hadn't really thought about it. I sort of, when I first came to the club, I sort of said, you know, look, I'm, I'm at a stage, I'm 30, 31, um, currently 32 early next year. I'm just looking to, to, to play some, play local football, enjoy it, um, be part of a, a good good group of people. Um, doing some a little bit of work behind the scenes as sort of a, a bit of a midfield coach or assistant role, as you like. And um, But yeah, look, it had not crossed my mind at all. And then obviously... What took place took place, um, and myself and Stilly had to jump in and um, and help out for the for the remainder of this season. So, but look, it's it's always enjoyable, you know, when as, if you're a coach or you're in some sort of sort of role like that to, when you get a win. So, um, yeah, look, it's been a, a hectic first four or five days in that role, and um, we'll see where we can get to for the rest of the season. You obviously get an opportunity now to, as you say, reassess. You have a, a buy this coming weekend. Uh, how do you, I guess? get the group now together for, for the next week ahead of what's going to be a, a really big month coming up with obviously your final game and then heading into finals. Yeah, I think it's great that we've got a bye this week. Um, personally, we're able to sort of just breathe a little bit, um, just relax, take the edge off a little bit on what, what as I've previously stated, has been a massive five or six days gone by. Um, so, look, we'll, we'll review St. Mary's um, as normal. Um, and then, yeah, Thursday, we'll probably look to have a bit of an extended session um, and may or may not do something on the on the Saturday morning um, with the boys, whether that's just a light light recovery session or just a get together or something like that. Or we may just give them the whole weekend off just to freshen up, relax, get away with their families and whatever they want to do um, before, as you said, we've got that final game against Epping um, and then finals football after that. So we'll try to keep things as normal as possible um, and, and just try to just enjoy ourselves, just get around each other and enjoy ourselves. How have you found the season to this point in time? There's obviously been a few highs and, and some, some lows as well involved and it hasn't been as, as consistent yep. as probably 2018, but what have you made of the club's performance as a whole? I'd describe it as eventful and, and interesting. Um, it's certainly been a lot different to the previous season, obviously, you know, where we, we won our first 14, 15 games and then um, we weren't able to get the job done come uh, come grand final day. Um, but this year it's been different. I think we've just seen the whole league the whole of Division Two just improve. Um, that's that's the first thing I've, I've noticed that comes to mind is every team's gotten better, um, and and every week you're going into you're going into games and you just you know if you're off you, you're going to be really challenged and we've certainly found that out and we've probably found out that we've been hunted a lot more this year. That sides really come after us and just knowing that we're getting every opposition side's best every week, which has been which has been challenging at times. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of guys in and out. and It's only sort of now in the last week and hopefully the next couple of weeks we're, we're probably going to have a full list to choose from, which is exciting as well. Um, and just hopefully we can keep guys on the park. So it's, it's, exci- it's been challenging the most of the season, but it's, um, it's exciting times ahead, I think, for this football club. Yeah, I think it's only four players who have played every game this year, but as you say, you're getting I guess, the, the, better, um, the best part of your list at the right time of the year. How confident are you going into the finals that with your best side in the park, you can really challenge for that premiership? 
Yeah, yeah, pretty comfortable. Um, that you know we are going to be able to put our best side on the park in the next couple of weeks. Um, but at the end of the day, that's that's just names on paper or, or magnets on a board. Really, you've still got to go out and play the game and win the game. And you don't know what what the game can throw up on, on any given Saturday with the weather conditions, an injury or two, what the other side's going to bring. So. Um, it's fantastic that we'll, we'll have a hopefully a full list to choose from, but at, at the end of the day, that, that doesn't do much for you. It doesn't do much for you until you go out there and, as I said, with those those variables that can be thrown up. So, um, yeah, we just look forward to that challenge ahead and just knowing that, that with that full list, every every player that gets picked um, to play, they're going to have to perform because otherwise there's just there's, there's with that depth, with our twos, I think they're sitting on top of the ladder as well and our, our under-19s, um, first division side are sitting on top of the ladder too. So there's there's great there's great depth at the club and guys that are just pushing each other every single week, which is fantastic. Obviously, the win on the weekend, really heavy conditions. What was it that impressed you most in that win over St Mary's? I think it's just the way we went about it on the weekend was fantastic. Um, as we said, there were the challenges throughout the week and we just sort of pulled it back. And I think we just did the basics better for longer. Um, and in those conditions, as I'm sure most teams... On the weekend, we're, we're playing in mud or, or pouring pouring rain. It just wasn't ideal. But the way we went about it and the mindset the guys came out with from from the first bounce was fantastic. Just the attitude to do what we asked, play hard, tough footy, and, and as I said, yeah, just do the basics better for longer. Um, just makes footy a really simple game when you get all 22 guys doing that and having that mindset. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was shocking conditions, as I said, but it was it was so enjoyable at the same time, and and that was the other thing that came out of it with when you get everyone playing their role and doing what doing what's being asked of them by the coaches and the leadership group. Um, that enjoyment and that fun comes with it, and, and that's what we got on the weekend. And how did you find juggling that on-field leadership role as well? I guess it's it's more than just obviously leadership, but obviously coaching yeah. as well. With yourself and Michael being actually on on the park, how did you find getting the message across to the playing group? Yeah, it was. Um, we we put in place uh, a couple of guys that we sort of really trust um, and know that we'll be able to communicate those messages that both myself and Michael want um, on the sidelines. And just knowing that we had those guys there, sort of running things throughout the game, just enabled me and me and Stilly to be able to just to go out and play and not not have to worry about what was taking taking place on the sidelines and and the leaders that we've got at the club too um anton woods um bronson glasgow um those guys those older heads in, in gav Connolly, uh paul curry tim curry they're, they're fantastic as well so it's almost like we had you know 22 leaders out on the field so um, we all contributed all pulled our weight and, and that's um that's what helped us get it get it done and just one final one last year on a personal note you were able to take away your club best and fairest you you took out the the coaches mvp award as well um how have you found your form this year as as comparison to 2018 um yeah probably last year was just adapting to to the level of football getting used getting used to it um and i probably built throughout last year throughout the back end of the year whereas this year i felt a lot more prepared um i probably had a few hiccups throughout pre-season just with my body and, and getting a bit older as well and i reckon the conditions this year have been a lot harder as well i reckon we've played in a lot more a lot more wet weather football but um and probably getting a little bit more attention from the opposition this year which is always good fun but um, I can just the support I've had from my teammates has been fantastic out of the ground and enabled me to go out and just play 
um, and just really enjoy it. So I'll, I'll find when I'm just enjoying my football and, and looking to bring my teammates in it, that's when I play my best football. So, um, yeah, at a personal note, it's been really enjoyable and I think I'm lucky enough to have been one of those four guys you've mentioned that's been able to get out there for every single game. So... I'm pretty happy with that being an old boy. Well, uh, Brent, uh, all the very best in the uh, the month ahead leading, obviously, into the finals and then through the series as well. Well done on, on the win at the weekend. Enjoy the break and uh, really appreciate you taking our call on, on the NFNL podcast. No worries. Thanks, Sam. Really enjoy the podcast too, mate. Appreciate it. Great to hear from Brent McCaffer there. We now turn our attention to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 where we head to the final round of the season. And it all comes down to this fourth spot still on the line. It comes down to two games. We have South Morang travelling to Lorimer, where a win to the Lions would ensure that they finish in the top four. If they do slip up, we have our attention turned to the game being played over at Altham College. Old Altham up against Mernda. The Demons need to win that to have any chance of playing finals. And, of course, if they win, they'll also be relying on South Morang dropping their game against the power. Jared Gardner, it's, I'd say it's deja vu, but it's in reverse for Moonda. We know in 2016 and 2018, sat in the top four the entire season, lost in round 18, and then slipped out of the top four. This year, it's a case of the opposite. Haven't been inside the top four all season, could jump in there at the final round of the year. It's amazing the way it's, it's worked in the last four seasons for the Mernda Footy Club. Yeah, there's been some, some tough results to take in the last couple of years for Mernda. They missed out on percentage in a few years, and now they've got the chance to, to really take results into their own hands, take, take matters into their own hands and, and go to Altham College, hopefully get a win over the Turtles and just pray that Lorimer can get the job done over South Morang. It, um, it's it's going to be a big week for the Murder Footy Club. It's it's really interesting because for Lorimer, while it's it's a dead rubber in a way, they're going to finish top two, but the way you, know, you talk to the power all year, and I think there's been a real goal to, to get first spot yeah. on the ladder. They've basically been there all season yeah. long. Um, obviously had that really long winning run, bounced back emphatically at the weekend against Murder and what could have been a, a danger game. They were absolutely outstanding in, in recording a 59-point victory on the road against the side, which had basically everything to play for. So I think they go into this game against South Rang and I'd, they won't be doing any favours whatsoever. Um, they'll, they'll, For mine, they're going to take it extremely seriously. They want to build some, some momentum going into that game against Panton Hill. A loss this weekend for Lorimer would likely, or would see them slip to second because Panton Hill hosts Reservoir and that would be the biggest upset in probably the entire decade if, yeah. if, without being too disrespectful. But given the way they've been playing, Panton Hill's been dominant and Reservoir hasn't won a game you know, for the past two seasons. So Panton Hill with a win is going to go to 14 wins, has the better percentage on Lorimer. So the power need to win the last round to finish in first spot on the ladder, which... It's only it, it, it's it's a minor achievement, but it's a major one as well because it's a minor premiership for a club that's only in its third year. It's a great achievement if they could finish the season in in first spot on the ladder. So I don't think they're going to do South Morang any favours. The last time the sides met, South Morang took Lorimer all the way. They actually led for the majority of the game. We have to go all the way back uh, for when they met. That was in round ten. Lorimer got the points by seven, but South Morang led uh, at the end of each of the opening three quarters, which included leading by 19 points at halftime. So it's a, it's a local rivalry, plenty at stake. I still fancy the power in that one there. So South Morang, do you see them as a chance to produce the, the result that's required to, to get the win? Remembering they've had 
14 days to stew on the loss that they had against Old, old Altham, which was, for mine, their worst performance of the year. I know they've lost by, by more, but yeah. humbled by a side that's not going to be playing finals. Yeah, it's going to be a real tough one. I think I think because Lorimer also have stuff to play for in terms of the minor premiership, you think that Lorimer will come out and, and they should win this one fairly comfortably. We know that South Bank took them all the way last time they played, but I think... Lorimer, I think they just really want that minor premiership and internally it'll be something they're, they're um, going for. So it, it, they're going to be switched on from the get-go and South Marang are just going to hope that Murnder can drop that match against Old Elephant because it, it's probably all they're going to be um, riding on. Yeah, well, you look at, at Lorimer at the weekend, it was their, their stars that get them across the line. Mitch Golby kicked five. That's yep. a, a really ominous performance on, on the eve of the final series as well and, and Lorimer are going to hope that he can produce that you know, throughout the, the course of late August, early September. It could well lead them to the, their first premiership, knowing that Panton Hill have their, the two um, you know, twin towers inside their Ford 50, who we know are capable of kicking the bag. So Golby plays his best game for the club. Um, Mitch Thompson has a, a great game. Josh Leather's been in good form, and, and so is Jackson Cecil. But a couple of youngsters as well uh, playing some good footy. Jack Stewart, Ethan Frawley as well. So the, I love the mix that, that Lorimer is putting together. So again, as we've reiterated, I don't think I can't see them taking it lightly. We know there's a rivalry there as well, so can't see them doing any favours. It then leads into the game at Altham College. So Munda needs to win. Old Altham's back half of the year has been outstanding for a side that came into the competition after a really tough 2018, have won their past three. I think it's actually four of the past five as well when, when you go back and, and think that they beat Heidelberg West uh, prior to, to losing to Panton Hill. So won four of the past five. It's actually five of the past seven and the two losses against the top, top two sides, which includes losing to Lorimer just after leading for three quarters. So their form stacks up. We know Mernda win-loss-wise, is going really well uh, as well. But the Demons' worry has been probably their, their past two weeks in particular when you look at it. Smash last week only just scraped over Layla. There's a few uh, of their young players who've been going between 19s and, and, and seniors as well, which makes life difficult as they, they try and balance out finals commitments. But if, if anything, at the moment, on form, Old Eltham probably deserves to be the favourite going into that game. Yeah, I, I know. I probably got them as favourites just. I think being at Eltham College probably helps uh, the Turtles a little bit. They also, not that it means anything in terms of finals, they can jump Heidelberg West on the ladder this week and jump into sixth position. Heidelberg West obviously have the bye. So I think it, it's just that those little wins and they go into the next season and say, we finished sixth on the ladder, two spots out of finals. Why can't they make finals next season? So I think this is one that Old Altham, they'll look to finish the season strong and, and then ride that wave into 2020. Kieran Malone is a player we, we, we've talked about a, a fair bit during the course of, uh, of probably the past month or two, but he's been in absolutely outstanding nick this year. Since he's come into the side, it has really been when the Turtles have turned things around. 33 goals despite not featuring until round seven, 28 in his past six. He could be the player that stands between Murder and finals, potentially. Absolutely dominant form he's been in. So have to, to really respect what, what old Altham's been able to do in 
in really the, the back half of the year, as we said, that we weren't sure what to expect. They had a, a tough run of things last year, but their, their form line really stacks up. And I think they're a side that, if they can keep this list together, I think they're, they're a side that would certainly be looking at, at playing finals next year. Corey Ray's been really good since coming in to this side from West Preston Lakeside. We talked about Malone, but Jesse Howell, Luke Booth, Nick Snowden, a veteran, into the side, and, and Tim Woods has, has led the way really well from the front. So plenty to like about them, and I think that they're looking to, to end the season on a high be certain they'd be you know, wanting to fi- you know, finish above Heidelberg West, which would be a, another mini-achievement in itself. And um, for Mernda, as I said, no no guarantees. We know round 18 hasn't been generous to them in recent years. They'll be hoping to change things around, but what they'll definitely need is to perform better than they did probably over the past two weeks in, in scraping over the line against Laylor and then uh, being soundly beaten by Lorimer. The other two games this weekend, Jared. Uh, in uh, in Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three, we talked about Panton Hill. Um, they're going to be the absolute red hot favourite uh, this weekend against Reservoir. They'll know that a win there, coupled with a Lorimer loss, gets them first spot. Which after finishing second last year would be a great achievement. But at the very least, they've got the top two spot banked up. And then Kilmore at home to Laylor for Kilmore. Well, it, they can't miss out on finals now. So a great effort. They had a loss at the weekend, took it up to Panton Hill. Um, but just given the way that um, they could slip to fourth if South Morang won and, and Kilmore lost themselves. But um, uh, with Mernda's percentage, it doesn't look like that, that, that these are any chance of jumping them. 38% the difference there. So they've got finals for the first time. So they'll use this game to, I guess, build towards that against an opponent which is, is playing its last game of the year. And I guess uh, we'll always look to, to go out on a high. So um, looking at things there, um, obviously Panton Hill had the, the win over Kilmore at the moment. We talked about in... Second division, top four, absolutely all capable of winning it. Feeling the top flight certainly could be the case as well. But in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, the top two sides have been the standouts. Looking at Kilmore, they've been in third. We talked about them probably three-quarters of the way of the year as, as a real smoky yeah. for the premiership. But they've been comfortably beaten in their past two starts against Lorimer and Panton Hill uh, in the last month of the year. Do you think that it's the top twos to lose, I guess, this premiership? Uh, in short, yeah, I think I think it's going to be Lorimer or Panton Hill. I think they'll both be there on the final day, and I think they um, both deserve to to be playing off in a grand final. You never know what can happen in finals footy, and you never know. Lorimer did play finals last year, but um, still a few young guys in that side. You don't know um, if the pressure can get to them or, or what's going to happen. But I, I think it, it will be Lorimer and Panton Hill there. I, I think Kilmore and whoever makes there, South Rang and Mernda, will challenge. Um, but it, it is going to be a very tough task to make that um, grand final. Yeah, I think for mine, the top two have proven it all year. You look at the gap between second and third, it's it's four games and a heap of percentage as well. Um, I think Kilmore, it's a great effort to, to get there. I think they're still, the, you know, who, if, whoever they play in that, that first week of finals, whether it's South Morang or Mernda, it, it provides a, a great opportunity. We know that South Morang's actually had the wood on, on Kilmore this year, so I think from a Kilmore point of view, they might prefer to, to play Mernda, but we knew, do know that they lost the most recent game against the Demons as well so whoever they play it's, it's a great opportunity to play finals it's not going to be easy for them but uh, a great effort to get there and, and they'll be hoping to, to get as far through as, as they can and they'll kind of look at it and say well next in 2020 obviously no side coming down from Division 2 in 2020 so they'll look at it and say there's just going to be one less contender 
um, next year. So why can't we go all the way next year and win it? Yeah, absolutely young, Liz. But as we say, we, 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 we may be writing them off a bit early. They're, they're going to finish, obviously, top four. But um, you know, if they can find that form they had in that, that middle part of the year where they strung a, a heap of wins together in a row, young Liz, lots to like about him. Who's yep. to say that they can't ride the wave? But at the moment, it looks like the top two uh, at the moment in, in the distance there. One last one, Heidelberg West, um, their season finished at the weekend. They uh, finished it off with a win that ended a long losing run. It's probably been a disappointing campaign for the Hawks. They had finals ambitions, won the first five, then won only two more in their last 11. I'd say for them, a, a disappointing campaign, you would have thought, given how much hope there was around them at the start of the year. Yeah, exactly. To win the first five and, and to go on to win two of 11, it, it is disappointing. Um, but we know they've got that talent and if they can keep some of those core guys, obviously Kyle Ewart retired, but if they can keep some of their, their core players in for next year, there's, there's no reason why they can't play finals. Yeah, you look at it and you think it's you, the likes of, you know, Coulson and Mickey, stars of the competition, um, you know, Brad Moore in there as well. Ben Fogarty was a good pick-up this year as well. It's probably just building that depth there, but, but yeah, they'd, they'd be pretty disappointed. I know they were hit at times with, with injuries as well, but um, after winning their first five, had you know, their sights set, it, it didn't uh, didn't really go to plan, unfortunately, for them. So that's what's coming up in round 18. Massive games uh, where fourth spot on the ladder is still live going in, so it does shape as an exciting finale to the 2019 Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 home and away campaign. We're going to go to a short break on the other side of this, uh, look at the finals action in the NFNL women's football competitions. The Meadows is a functions and events centre with a difference. Only 25 minutes from the city and 10 minutes from the airport with free parking, Wi-Fi and AV access. It's the ideal venue for your next conference, trade show, expo or seminar. You can even hold an event on a Greyhound race night for extra entertainment. And don't forget the Meadows' new loyalty program, the 525 Club. Download it free from your app store. For more info, visit themeadowsevents.com.au. And we now kick things home with a look over the first weekend of finals action in the three senior women's football competitions. Uh, we saw action Saturday and Sunday out at Epping Recreation Reserve Surface in great condition. I'm sure it was appreciated by all the players given how heavy uh, conditions were at other grounds throughout the Northern Football Netball League in ANZ Division 1 women's. It was Darabin, the third-ranked side, overturning around 14 loss to Montmorency to get a two-goal win. Three goals, 8-26 to Montmorency, two goals 2-14. Meanwhile, Diamond Creek women's progress to the first semi-final ended West Preston Lakeside's campaign, winning 7 goals 5-47 to 2 goals 2-14. In MC Security Division 2 women's, South Morang continued its winning streak down to Heidelberg, 4 goals 8-32 to the Tigers, 2 behinds. And Altham, approving a remarkable story, they had an upset win over Darabin, winning 2-7-19 to 2 goals straight 12. And into Mervac Division 3 women's, where the lower-ranked side actually won both games. Greensboro finished second on the ladder, first going into the final round, lost to the Western Spurs by a goal, and suffered another close loss in their qualifying final. Three goals, 5-23, went down to Lorimer, four goals, 1-25, and Montmorency, one goal, 6-12, was no match for the fifth-placed Hurst Bridge, 7-7-49. Jared, exciting times having the start of the finals, and amazing to think that the lower-ranked side in, in both of the uh, Division Three finals, plus also Altham against Darabin, 
getting victories. It's remarkable what finals can, can really throw up. Yeah, exactly. It's great to see some finals football kind of get you into the mood. And um, it, was, it was great to see some, some good footy being played out at Epping Recreation Reserve, as you said, the, the surface in great condition. And to, to see some up, upset results in the first week of finals just so shows how close um, these women's competitions have been throughout the year. Just we never know what's going to happen. It's much like the men's competition where storylines being thrown up every week and um, some some great upset results. Yeah, well, you look at, at Alston, they were bottom of the ladder in MC Security Division 2 going into the last game. We talked about the what what could have played out with St Mary's in the final round, sitting fifth. Yeah. If they had have lost, needed Altham to, to win, but not by enough of a margin, which actually turned out that way. Altham won by a, a heavy margin against Diamond Creek Women's in the last round. At the weekend, um, you know, go on and beat Darabin. Amazing think aside that was bottom, um, was is now playing off in a, in a first semi-final there. So, again, it was the, the will of the girls, um, Georgia and, and Claudia, getting getting their side across the line and, and to a good win. South Morang, we're going to talk to their coach in a few moments' time as well, but they're in dominant form. And then if you look into um, the Division Three competition, Lorimer is producing form at the right time of the year. So is Hurst Bridge. And we talked about the men's comp, how you want to take momentum into finals. It's it's proving that way in the in the women's competitions as well. So this coming weekend, uh, a look to, to the fixtures that take place. And we'll start in the ANZ Division One women's competition. VU Western Spurs, the all-conquering side, haven't dropped the game throughout the course of the year. They commenced their finals campaign. 12 wins for the season dominant in all their wins. They take on Darabin, that game to be played at 10 past 2 at Epping Recreation Reserve. And then on Sunday, Montmorency is up against Diamond Creek women. So the Spurs, I guess they're everyone's final or grand final premier prediction at, at this time of the year, but they come up against the Darabin side, which in a way has, has nothing to lose given the fact that much of the hype all season's been about VU Western Spurs. And then into MC Security Division 2 women's where, again, the Spurs have been the dominant side all year, but they come up against a South Morang side which has absolutely hit its straps in the past two months, a dominant win in the first week of finals. Haven't dropped the game, South Morang, uh, since actually going all the way back to when they actually last played VU, which was in round five this year. VU won that one convincingly, but since then, both sides in, in dominant winning form. So not a, as straightforward as it, as it may seem. So that's an exciting one. 11.55 Saturday at Epping, and then on Sunday at Heidelberg, up against Altham, where the Panthers, they're going to take in a bit of momentum, given the fact that they've been able to uh, you know, win their last couple of games to play finals, then knock over Darabin in the first week in an upset. So you feel that a bit of pressure gets built on Heidelberg, given the fact that most people probably expect them to win. They met late in the season, and Heidelberg just scraped over the line. So, Jared, we talk about finals throwing up a, a different ball game. It, it, it certainly looks like that in, in the top two competitions. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that uh, VU Western Spurs South Morang game, the second semi-final in Division 2, is going to be an interesting one, because South Morang, they, they go into finals on a great run of form and uh, I've got some really talented players in that side so I think that they they can go to this match and can take it all the way up to, to VU Western Spurs. And VU, we talked to their head of footy, Caroline Kilmartin, last week, but they haven't played, they had the buy in round 14, the last round of the home and away season, had a buy 
in the uh, first week of the finals, given the fact they finished first. So two weeks off. We know they worked heavily the weekend prior, had a scratch match against their Division 1 side as well. So it's just about keeping yourself in that, that match fitness and, and obviously match mode as well. So that's an exciting one. The Spurs certainly the favourites, but South Morang starting to prove a, a real genuine challenger to them and looking forward to seeing the, the Altham versus Heidelberg game as well. They played at Altham Central in the second last game of the year. Altham led for the first three quarters. Heidelberg ran away to a 14-point win, kicked uh, three goals to zip in the last quarter to run away with it. Emily Rowe kicked three. She was the star that night. But uh, an exciting game awaits on, on Sunday. And then into Mervac Division Three women's where VU Western Spurs, again, their third side uh, begin their finals campaign had that thrilling win in the last round of the season to beat Greensboro, come up against a Laurel Masai, which is in absolutely outstanding touch, upset Greensboro last week, came from behind, 10 points down at halftime to score a, a two-point win. Lorimer won four of their, their past five games. Um, if you look at their form line through the VU Western Spurs, they actually won the, the more recent encounter between the sides back in round 10 by a point. So it was a low-scoring game, but uh, got the win nevertheless. So they'll take some confidence there. And then Greensboro will, all of a sudden, the borough, they'll first going into the last round. This isn't going to be an easy one. They're coming up against Hurst Bridge, and the Bridges took all this momentum into finals, continued it last weekend in probably the most one-sided final we saw of the weekend, down in Montmorency by 37 points. Um, have won each of their, their past five games, and... Their last loss actually was against Greensboro Ben Freelay Oval at round 10. The Borough win by 24 points. But again, you just feel there's a bit of there's more pressure on, on Greensboro in that one there, knowing it's now a knockout final. Yeah, exactly. And and you kind of look at both of these matches in, in Move Act Division 3 and you say, well, why can't the lower-ranked sides win both of these games? Because um, it, it is so close. And I, th- I think Greensboro should get the job done over Hurstbridge. But as you said, Hurstbridge are a talented side and get a big win in, in the first week of finals. Uh, there's no reason why they can't do it again. Love looking at... Uh, obviously, it's it's a new competition, only three years old. But it's great to see that the... the, the players who dominate through the home and away season are the ones who, who step up yeah. again come finals time. You look through Greensboro, um, you know, players like you know, Kyla Parry had a, a great home and away season. She was named best for her side at the weekend. Sarah Shegier was, was dominant for Lorimer after a, a massive campaign, which when voting closed in the, the MVP voting, she was right near the top. Um, so great to see that the, the, the form lines continue for, throughout the, the final series as well. I'm really looking forward to this weekend to seeing how the VU Western Spurs go. Three sides in action all on Saturday at, uh, at Epping Rec Reserve as well because they've been dominant throughout the campaign, um, particularly in Division 1 and 2. They're, they're the red-hot favourite to go all the way, but new sides are emerging as, as the, the season unfolds. So love to see how they're going to tackle this final series as well. Great depth through the club and now the, the new challenge of finals comes up this weekend. And as we close episode 19 of the NFNL podcast, we actually have had a chat to Gary Moran, the coach of South Moran women's teams. We talked about their red-hot form. They now head into the second semi-final in MC Security Division 2, where the first spot in this year's grand final is up for grabs. And Gary had a chat about his side's win over the weekend against Heidelberg, and also a look ahead to this week's game against VU Western Spurs. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the coach of the South Morang women's football team, Gary Moran. Gary, a fantastic win for your side at the weekend, recording your first ever finals win in the NFNL women's football competitions. What did you, did you make of the game against Heidelberg? Yeah, look, I, I think we we done really well. We didn't really know what to expect from Heidelberg. Um, we were one or two short when we played them during the year. Uh, we know they attacked the footy pretty hard. Um, and we, we knew we were going to be in for a hard game. 
and to, to win by five goals was was more than pleasing. How did you, I guess, prepare the side for for the occasion? Obviously, the home and away form has been outstanding, but uh, we all know that uh, finals bring new pressure, but they seem to, to really adapt well, three goals to zero in the first quarter. But how did you spend the week, I guess, leading into the game, preparing for, for the big occasion? Well, I was just trying to, to make sure the girls were confident in, in, in what they were doing and how they were going to come out, making sure the nerves wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, but they did turn up to the to the ground in, in, in a good frame of mind. They, they were sort of up a little bit. So that, that, that was pleasing. The the form line reading in, or leading into the finals has, had been fantastic. You had won your past seven games going in. I'd imagine that would have given them plenty of confidence as well, and they obviously were able to continue that with an eighth consecutive win on the weekend. Yes, um, we, we've got probably... We've got, I'd say we've got eight or nine players in our team that have been really, really consistent week in, week out. Um you know, and, and we've also got got other players that have stepped up and and, and played their role when they've needed to. So that, that, that's I think that's what's um, led to us uh, winning the seven in a row. When you when you look at, at the side, I mean, you talked about the the probably nine to ten you know who have been the most consistent leading through. I'd imagine you know amongst those names, you've got probably both the the Hallett girls and, and Demi and uh, and Cherie and and also Cassie Hurst as well. But but what do you see as the, as the actual strength of the side if you had to to look at it on a holistic approach? Oh well, our, our middle tier players um, play play a role week in week out, um, and some of them are, are quite young. We got, um, you know, we, we keep a, a we got like a, a pretty young centre, and our wings um, we've got Sinead Reeves on there, and she's she's played in the last couple of weeks. We got Paris, um, who has well, she's still an under eighteen, or actually, and she's been one of those really consistent players for us. And uh, just we just try, we just try to to keep our forward line as open as we can, just to just to make sure that we can move the ball around properly and and have shots at goal without too much pressure on us. Defensively, you're really stacking up as well. I think it's five games in a row now where you haven't conceded a goal. It's a, it's an outstanding effort, and to continue that into a final as well, that must be really pleasing. Yeah, look, I I think that our back line really is the strength of our side, um, and I, I think. Well, obviously, all, all all good sides need good, strong back lines, and our back line is probably where we've got our most experienced players, um, and the players that, that attack the ball nice and hard. So they're they're very reliable girls that we play down back. You obviously have a big game coming up this weekend. You take on the VU Western Spurs. Obviously, they've gone through the season to this point undefeated. Um, you have met them only once in, in the year where you played the, the first round post-grading, lost that one by 45 points. But what are your thoughts going into, into that big game, the, the second semi-final uh, on Saturday? Well, it, look, it's, it's quite unknown for us, really. That was, like, we did only play them once. And we had quite a few injuries that game, so we weren't at our at our best. Um, obviously, we, we keep we've kept a close eye on them, and they're going to be a formidable side. But again, I, I think that if we can turn up full of confidence and, and ready to attack the footy, I, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll give them a bit of a fright. Do you think, obviously, having such a commanding win on the weekend in a final gives you, I guess, I guess, extra confidence going into that game against the side who obviously had the week off on the weekend? Yeah, I think it does. The girls, from when we, from when a couple of times when we had injuries and we had to play short a couple of times, the girls really got a lot of belief out of it and sort of believed in the way that they go about it and and took a lot of confidence in their own ability. 
and that, that's just carried on week in, week out from then on. You've, you've obviously been involved with the women's program at South Morang for a number of years now. Last year, the side got to the finals, unfortunately, went out in the first week. But how have you found the, the evolution of, of the women's program at, at the South Morang Footy Netball Club? Yeah, look, I, I think this is my, my fourth year of coaching now. And the, 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 the main thing or the hardest thing I think, and, and probably the surrounding clubs in, in our area will say the same thing. It's, it's just getting the right the right amount of numbers down there. It's it's just like we're we're all fighting for for whatever girl we can get, and um, yeah, that, that that's sort of the, the, the hardest part. But girls seem to bond, you know, and, and they they take they take you know put their arm around our new, any new players that come, and um, yeah, I, I just think that. Uh, trying to make sure that, that anyone who does come is, is made to feel welcome and that sort of stuff and just to just to get that team spirit around the club. And, and just one last one, I obviously mentioned the fact you've got the VU Western Spurs this weekend. How do you prepare for that game now with, the, I guess, a, a seven-day turnaround from, from last Saturday up until uh, the big game this week? Yeah, like, like the, the, the same as, as last game. It's just making sure they, they turn up in the right frame of mind, making sure that they're confident and, you know... Like I said, when we played for you, we, we did have a lot of injuries. We did see that they're a well-drilled team. They're a fit team. But I don't, I don't think that our girls fear anybody. We'll really appreciate your time. Again, congratulations on, on getting that historic first finals win at, at women's level in the Northern Football Netball League for South Morang. Obviously, a big game awaits this weekend, so we wish you the best in that and also the best luck for, for I guess, the whole final series ahead. Thank you very much, mate.